What's going on, everyone, and welcome into this edition of B-Shape Daily Live. As tonight, we're talking about a Cardinals sweep. That's right, the Cardinals pulling off a serious sweep for the first time in 2023 as they beat the Red Sox up at Fenway Park 9-1 to to continue the good vibes that have been going for this team of late. Welcome into the stream tonight. Excited to finally get with you guys. I know it's a, about an hour and a half, two hours after the game actually ended. Uh, it was Mother's Day, so I was watching some Grey's Anatomy with my wife. We made some popcorn. It was a lovely time. But I was going to make sure that I waited until she was asleep to get on the stream here and talk some Cardinals with y'all. And she's going to bed because uh, she has a real job and has to work in the morning. So uh, that's that's the situation at the Schaefer household. Uh, hopefully, baby Gabriel remains asleep in his crib like he's supposed to. Fingers crossed. But here we go. Here's the deal, guys. The Cardinals are slowly but surely making their way back toward 500. Looks like they're, uh, what, 16 and 25, still pretty far away from it. They didn't gain on first place in the last few days because the Brewers, they happen to be playing the uh, Kansas City Royals, and you know how bad that team is. So the Cardinals are still seven and a half games out. However, doesn't it feel like things are vibing in the right direction for the Cardinals? And tonight you got a combination of good offense and good pitching, which is something that it's kind of been one or the other recently for the Cardinals. Uh, the starting pitching we know has been kind of a problem for this team all year, but you look at it right there, Miles Michaelis. Uh, I noticed a big glaring zero in the strikeout column from Miles tonight, but that didn't seem to matter. He had uh, one of his more successful, maybe his most successful outing of the year. Six clean innings, gave up just four hits, a couple of walks, scattered him, only allowed one run, and boy, did the Cardinals ever need that for Miles Michaelis. And you know, if you look at what Michaelis has been doing recently, you look at the, the recent game log for Miles Michaelis, it hasn't been terrible. You can go back to the April 27th outing against the Giants. That was his best start of the season. I had neglected that one uh, in my memory. He pitched into the seventh in that one. But really, since then, he hasn't gotten exposed or blown up in any of these games. But the last outing against the Cubs kind of stuck with me as one where I thought, man, Miles really needs to do more. The Cardinals need more out of him. He's a guy they extended already uh, right to the 2024 season. And so they definitely need more out of Miles Michaelis than going four and a third innings when the bullpen has been so taxed. And so I kind of rode Michaelis a little bit in the stream five days ago after that outing at Chicago where I just said four and a third is not going to cut it. I don't care that he only gave up one run. But now that we have this start from tonight in the picture as well, you can look and there's only five earned runs over the past four games. This is sort of the version of Miles Michaelis that you expect to see. Uh, you'd like to see the strikeout rate higher than zero tonight. But the fact that he's been able to kind of get back on the horse and lower that ERA from where it was down there at 10, 8, 7 and a half, slowly but surely making his way down to below five. And I think Michaelis is to the point where you can count on him as a Cardinals fan, as one of those guys, a mid-rotation, maybe a solid number two, number three at worst. You kind of know what you're going to get from him. And finally, he's kind of returned to that. That's what's been nice about Miles Michaelis in past seasons for the Cardinals. And it does appear that he is back in that situation now for St. Louis. So that's a way to breathe a sigh of relief. Nolan Arenado is a huge sigh of relief for Cardinals fans because if you haven't noticed, he's back. And I'm talking back, back, back all the way back. Nothing to worry about any longer when it comes to Arenado. If you were concerned, I get it. It looked ugly for a while. 
There's that OPS for Nolan Arenado up to 708 after the two for five game and another nuke from Nolan Arenado. This is what we've been waiting to see, and it and it came at Fenway Park, and that's great. I think it's going to continue. I think from Arenado, you're going to get the home runs where you expect him to be. The RBIs are going to be going to be there. In this 708 OPS, it's going to be closer to that 876 by the time it's all said and done in 2023. He's 32 years old. It's not like we had to worry that Arenado was nearing the end of his prime or the end of his career or anything like that. He was going through a slump. He was going through that slump at a time of year where you didn't have any stats to fall back on. It was the very beginning of the season. And so, of course, it was going to look rough. It's fine. It's Nolan Arenado. I think everybody's kind of seeing that he's falling back into his form and uh, was good to see him, even though in this game uh, that damage comes later, it ends up being it ends up being a, a nice little uh, boost, I think, for the psyche of Cardinals fans to see that happen. So, Cardinals get the big win. They get the sweep for the first time this year. I got to send the tweet for the first time this year. It's in the uh, the title of this stream. Sweeps aren't that hard. Just play the Red Sox. All is well in Cardinals land right now. I know the record is still ugly. I get it. I think there are signs right now that the Cardinals are on the rise. I've been saying on the stream, if you've been paying attention, if you've been watching us, the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs and they're going to probably win this division. I've described it as a race between the Cardinals and Brewers. Even before Milwaukee took over the lead from the Pittsburgh Pirates, I looked at it as those two teams, as the two teams that are capable. For the Brewers, it's because of their pitching. They've got really solid starting pitching, a deep rotation. I I don't know that their offense is enough to hold off a Cardinals team that can do a little bit of everything if they get the starters back on track. But what I want to talk about tonight, we'll get into your questions here momentarily. Make sure you subscribe to Be Shafe Daily, or I should just say the, the YouTube channel here, Brendan Schaefer, St. Louis Cardinals writer. Uh, you can subscribe to Be Shafe Daily on Spotify as well. The audio-only version of this podcast will be available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts in the morning uh, in, in case you miss anything or in case the stream dies or something ridiculous like that. It did happen to us yesterday after about an hour of good Cardinals talk. All that being said... I'm looking at this right now as a run for the Cardinals where things can certainly turn around as they've won, what, six of seven? The record is is still what it is, but they're making a rise. Tomorrow is important. I want to stress that Monday is a huge one for St. Louis because Jack Flaherty on the mound with Wilson Contreras returning behind the plate. All of the goodwill that they've built up and the wins that they've been able to to book and get to 16 wins and get to a situation where at least they're not 10 games below 500 anymore. That's a positive. All of those things are great, but if you go out and you get knocked around again, Jack Flaherty on Monday, and Wilson's behind the plate, the narratives are going to be back. All of this is going to uh, kind of fade away, and you're going to feel a little bit worse about the way things are once again. So I would say that Monday ends up being a really important one for the Cardinals, and we'll talk about the reasons for that as we go along. But I'm getting right now into the comments section where we've got Ryan, Asher, Ostock says we can hear me. Drew, what's up? Asher wishing everybody a happy sweep day. It was really enjoyable to put that tweet out. Uh, It's something I've been doing for several years. Um, I I believe a fella named Ryan uh, on Twitter, on Cardinals Twitter, you probably have, have seen him around, is the one that I used to reply that to Ryan for whatever reason back in the day. And then, after doing it a couple of times, he asked me, he was like, where's the tweet? The Cardinals swept today. Where's the tweet? And then I was like, okay, I'm going to make it a thing. And people are kind of onto it now that when the Cardinals get a sweep, I kind of turn the old adage on its head where they say, oh, sweeps are hard. Sweeps are hard. And, and 
most of the time they are when you lose the third game of a series after winning the first two. Ah, no big deal. Sweeps are hard. It's tough to sweep a team. I turn that around and say, hey, sweeps aren't really that hard. Just play whoever the Cardinals uh, just beat. I got to do it twice today, actually, because Mizzou baseball swept Georgia. So that was cool for them. Uh, Ryan C's heading to Vegas soon. Jealous of that. Uh, Derek, what's going on? Caleb's in the house. Wilson's comment to the post-dispatch about not having to change anything before returning as the catcher is strange. Yeah, the whole thing was strange, guys. Um, like I said a little bit last night, the fact that Flaherty is the one that's going to be catching him, or I sh- I keep messing that up, that it's going to be pitching to Wilson the first time back, that wasn't what I expected. I thought it was going to be Adam Wainwright for the reasons we've discussed, which are, hey, if Wainwright's pitching to you, he'll call his own game, and if there was any concern about Wilson's pitch calling, then maybe that would be a way to ease him back in. Which, by the way, somebody asked a question that made me laugh the other night about whether or not we could confirm that Wilson Contreras actually uh, called pitches, called games when he was with the Cubs, because that would be like a hilarious thing if that were the smoking gun and he had never called called the game behind the plate and like they did it from the dugout in Chicago or something. That would be absolutely too perfect and probably disastrous for the Cardinals. Um, I was talking to Jeff Jones of the Belleville News Democrat, and I, he was at that uh, Chicago series. And I had asked him, I'm like, do you happen to know the answer to this question? And he said, yeah, that's actually one that he asked uh, Ollie or whoever it was during the, the course of this week. And Jeff was like, yes, they said that he he had called games before in Chicago. So that wasn't the situation. Thanks to Jeff for that, because I didn't know. And I thought maybe he would, and he did. So I just went ahead and asked him. But that would have been hysterical, but doesn't seem to have been the case. But to Caleb's point, that the, the narrative, and it's not clean, right? That Wilson comes and says, I, you know, doesn't necessarily need to change anything. It's just about whatever. All very vague, right? The whole thing's been very vague when it has come to what Contreras has actually been tasked with doing. The Cardinals really didn't want to say a lot. Um, I think the pitch clock is an aspect, like at the plate, he obviously is on top of it. But maybe when he's behind the plate and a pitcher doesn't agree with the, the sign and then you switch it and you don't have time to switch it. And so whatever it was, we're never maybe going to know the full scope of it. It was weird, but the Cardinals felt it was serious enough to pull him from behind the plate this early in the season for about what whatever it was, a week, a little more than a week, nine days or so, with Saturday of last week being like the very first day we saw all of this going on. The Cardinals made that decision, and obviously at this point, it's hopefully going to be in the past for them. It's going to be a deal where... It happened for a week, week and a half, and then you can move on. And and they have said Contreras is going to be the regular catcher. But the fact that there's like no, hey, here's what it was, and now it's fixed, you can be skeptical of that if you're a Cardinals fan. I think, though, there was a little bit of interpersonal relationship going on, and I think Jack Flaherty might have been at the center of it. I'm not saying that him complaining about Contreras is something that even happened because you could go back to his uh, Thursday in St. Louis start a week and a half ago at this point, whatever it was, when he gave up the 10 earned runs and he had a quote after the game that basically said, we're all doing it, the whole rotation, and we're throwing pitches that don't make sense. And that was kind of a line that maybe would make you turn your head and say, is he talking about Contreras with that or is he just talking about his own execution? And then after it was announced yesterday or two days ago, whenever this was, that Contreras was catching Monday and catching Flaherty, Flaherty spoke to the media in Boston and he saw some quotes that came out from that And I thought that was rather interesting, too, because you end up hearing from Flaherty that he makes reference to that day and said, the things I said a couple weeks ago were were out of frustration. 
and it was really more about my own lack of execution than anything else. This was stuff Jack Flaherty was saying, which is like, well, I don't know what the actual question was that inspired that quote. I don't think he was just saying it out of turn and just saying, hey, I want to make an announcement. He was probably asked about it, and that's why he he went into a quote about it. But the fact that it's still being discussed, something that happened a couple of weeks ago, tells me that might have led to some of the things that we saw with Contreras and the decision for the Cardinals to park the bus and take a little bit of time to get everybody on the same page. But then they want to really go out of their way to show that everybody is good and friendly and kumbaya by having Jack Flaherty be the one that throws to Wilson the first time. And so I think that's enough to have me kind of go, all right, I feel like that's probably what's happened here. And, and maybe there was a little bit of uh, whatever behind the scenes. But I do believe with the different meetings that they've had that everybody is probably on the same page and we can probably uh, put this to bed as long as Jack Flaherty performs well when throwing to Wilson Contreras. If he doesn't, I'm sure the postgame tomorrow is going to sound different. Jack is going to probably be very aware of the way some of his postgames recently have gone, and I think he'll he'll pay special attention to make sure that he doesn't doesn't end up going viral for the wrong reasons in the postgame Um but I, I think there's also the chance that this could be the, the thing that truly catapults the Cardinals. If he has a great start with Wilson behind the plate, that's what can put this entire thing to bed. The problem is Jack Flaherty's stuff has just not been on recently, right? He has struggled in, in quite a few ways with his command to be able to, to be where we've seen him in the past. And I, I just don't know that going into tomorrow's start, you can have a lot of confidence that suddenly a, a switch is going to flip after he's had a couple of starts in a row. The 10-run start was a, a, an obvious struggle. And the two-strike execution was, I think, as bad as we've really seen it from Flaherty, which was a, a disappointment in, in that game for sure. And then the last start, five innings, gave up three runs, but remember had like five walks, had a bunch of hits that he allowed, and and got out of it largely due to some double plays, which he's been a master at getting those double plays. I believe he's among the league leaders and, and could be the league leader by himself. I haven't looked within the last couple of days since his last outing. But the other aspect of that was the, uh, the Seiya Suzuki fly ball to left. That could have been a grand slam if it gets 10 more feet, five, eight more feet, whatever it was. So Flaherty could have had a much worse box score than he did five days ago. Now he's got an opportunity to put all of that behind him. I won't care what his ERA is at the end of the day. If he goes out and puts together a quality start and the Cardinals win, that's the one thing I think that remains for this this team to truly be heading in the direction that it needs to go. Because Michaelis, I think, is heading there. Montgomery obviously had struggles in the last outing. I don't think he's going to just be rough every time out. He's one of their better pitchers. And, you know, it, it may be only a 3.75, a 4.0 ERA. And that's not what you think of when you think of a number one or a number two in the rotation. In St. Louis, that's kind of the reality as of right now. But I think ultimately Montgomery is going to be okay. Adam Wainwright, I still believe, is going to be okay. And then Jack Flaherty is the other one that it's like, his numbers are are glaring, right? 6.18 RA. He's the one that I think you need to see a good outing from to go, all right, if you find that, Steven Matz has been their, one of their more reliable starters the last two times through. He's gone into the sixth inning twice, which before Michael is tonight we hadn't seen over the course of the past week. So that's – I'm not saying that Michael is – or that Steven Matz is suddenly cured and he's better and everything's great, but he's been holding serve a little more uh, appropriately, right? He's keeping the Cardinals in the starts that he makes – which is more than you can say for what a lot of the guys had done previously. So the rotation kind of making its way around, but we talked about Jack Flaherty in spring as the guy that had the most upside in this rotation to be a true number one. And so if you have him kind of pitching to a six ERA, you go, all right, that they don't have that upside within their rotation if Jack Flaherty is performing that way. However, 
if he goes out and throws seven inning of one-run baseball tomorrow, this Cardinals team has an entirely different look and feel to it, and suddenly you'll see them within eight games of 500 if that happens, and they, assuming they win it. So that's where the things are right now, and, and I, I know I kind of went on that diatribe after Caleb's comment, but I think it's all related to the Wilson stuff, and to truly be able to put all of that behind them, the way to do it is a Jack Flaherty shove on Monday night at Bush, and getting back to a homestand where you play the Brewers, right? This is a chance to, I'm not saying they're going to sweep the Brewers. I'd be honestly shocked if they did. It would almost be too serendipitous. And I bet if they did that, I, I know they'd still be, what, four and a half games out. You'd see the Cardinals basically favored to win the division at that point in time because the the, the vibes would be too immaculate. I, I'm just saying get a series win. I think that's important to be able to shave a little bit off of the deficit. It's still only mid-May. This is why, remember I said, during all of the trials and tribulations of April, I continued to say mid-May would be about the time frame where I want to get a look at this Cardinals team. And if it still looks disastrous, then we've got a lot to talk about. The record still looks disastrous, but the way they've gone about it was horrendous, horrendous, horrendous. Oh, they've turned it around a little bit. And the way they've done that is some of their key performers coming back into the fold. Miles Michaelis just being himself. Arenado being himself. I know it was just this one series, but homers every day. OPS back over 700. This is the kind of guy that he can be. And if if you're watching my buddy Heath, who's in a fantasy league with me, he told me on Friday he wanted to trade me Arenado. And I was like, yeah, I would like to, but we just didn't get around to it. Every day he kept homering. I have a feeling I'm not going to be able to get that deal done anymore. Uh, but I digress. I'm going to get right back into the comments, though. One thing before I take this sip of water and then and then dive back in. Like the stream. As I'm seeing this right now, we're at 26 likes. Uh, I know there's a little bit of latency here, so it'll be a, a while before you even see this. Uh, but let's get the likes up to, well, 30, and then keep going past 30 if we can. That would be appreciated. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, here we go. Adam says he just got back from Boston today. What an experience. Adam, if you took any pictures, send them to me. At bshafer12 on Twitter. Uh, I'll always credit you. I'm not really making money from any of this, but it would be lovely to have some more Fenway uh, pictures and stuff to be able to put up on these streams and different things like that. Um, but again, if, if you want some photog credit, I can give you that. If you want my money, I ain't got any. But if you got some cool pics, feel free to share them. I appreciate that kind of stuff. This is true of anybody, by the way. If you're ever on a road trip and I'm not there to take pictures and you want to throw me some pictures just to be part of the crew, um, again, it's not like I'm making money off of this stuff. Someday I hope to. But it would be really cool if you just, hey, I got this cool picture. I always want to see what you got anyway, even if I'm not, like, asking for permission to use it. It's fun to see what's going on and, and, and get the environment in my mind from what it looks like on the road on series that I'm not at. Connor says, what's up? What's up to you, Connor L? Uh, Jason said, did we go candy bar free this weekend? I don't even know what that means. I, I might be missing a reference there. The Grave of Einstein referencing the T-Mobile connection strength. It's like Tommy Edmund from the left side, and hopefully it remains that way. That is my... My greatest hope here, uh, Adam, for those who have seen his comment, was was making a, an off-color reference. Uh, no more babies in, in our near future, I don't think. We've got the one. We've got our hands full with him, but he is great. Eight months old, we're loving life with our buddy Gabriel. Um, Asher says, I don't know, to be honest. I think the answer will lie within the next seven games. 
it's really interesting because the Cardinals are feeling great, right? You, you win all these games in a row. You sweep somebody. Sweep a good team. Like the, the Red Sox were are still above 500. They've been very competitive in the the best division in baseball. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Boston's still at 22 and 19. As I as I check the box score here, we'll we'll pull the thing a little bit down so everybody can look at what the pitching looked like today for the Cardinals. Uh, just kind of changing things up tonight. I, let me know what you think, too, of the new look of the stream. My face doesn't need to be the only thing we see. I'm trying to uh, adapt to become a little bit more uh, in the know of the way things work for streamers and things of that nature. So uh, let me know what you think of it, and uh, we'll, we'll continue to try to uh, get things uh, more modernized and more uh, visually appealing than just my face and my my cat tower. I think the cat tower is over there. Anyway, uh for those who know the name of my cat, bonus points, because uh, yeah, if, if you don't know, you'll never guess it, is what I'll say. But I have put it out there before, so some of y'all might know. Ryan says we're so back, maybe. Um, but yeah, Asher, you're right about the next seven games. Like, they won some games, and that's great. Now you're about to face the Brewers. That is, I think it's perfect timing because the Cardinals are starting to find their vibe a little bit. But this is an important series. You can't backslide after what you've been able to accomplish on the road this week. Come back home and show the fans in St. Louis that y'all mean business about getting back to the playoffs and maybe more. Because this season was not one that began with us talking about the playoffs, right? It started with everybody talking about can they take that next step when they get to October. October was kind of a foregone conclusion. And I think April was a wake-up call for a lot of people. But at the same time, this is still a roster that is, is built to get to October. They just need to accomplish it. And then we'll start talking about what it looks like when they get there. Ryan thinks they're back. Uh, Allison is here liking and retweeting everything. I love it. Thanks to Allison, by the way, uh, for becoming a patron on Patreon this week. Bonus podcasts are coming to Patreon. I did one this week. I'm going to get to a point where I'm doing multiple bonus podcasts a week. And for the subscribers on Patreon, you can tell me, hey, do a podcast about this, and I probably will. Um, that's the kind of thing I want to be able to set up on Patreon to reward folks who really want to support me and the content that I make. It's like the cheapest tier is $5 a month. That, you know, cheaper than a blue check mark, I like to say. Um, but I understand, too, that a lot of people are like, I'm not ready to pay for it, for this, whatever. Totally fine. At least subscribe to the free YouTube if you'd be so kind. And uh, the bonus there is that you'll be able to comment and chat in the live chat within a minute of your subscription to the free YouTube account. Uh, so appreciate you guys for being here. Uh, Snips says Cardinals back question mark. Like, yeah, I think tomorrow's the proving ground. I'm going to continue to circle on the calendar tomorrow and say Jack Flaherty, is Jack Flaherty that we know from previous years and the Cardinals offense is able to get a little bit done against uh, the Brewers there. This team could really be on the verge of melting away that deficit to where by the end of May, they, they might be closer to 500 and just a couple few games out. And like, if that's the case, it's game on from there. I think the Cardinals are better than the other teams in this division. Uh, right now, the only thing against them is just the deficit that they're facing. So uh, I, I do think the Cardinals very well may be back. Starting pitching, there's a couple guys in this rotation that we still need to see get it back. Flaherty's one. Wayno is the other, but I, I feel like Wayno is going to do it. And so, for me, it's just a matter of uh, really seeing Jack Flaherty turn it around because he still is the guy with the highest upside in the rotation. That's a compliment to Jack Flaherty. He's the guy that I think can take them the farthest if he is the way that he's capable of being, but we just haven't seen that version of him lately. The Grave of Einstein would like to personally thank Alex Cora for the series, especially Game 2, putting in Jansen Masterclass. I'd like to personally apologize to Ollie after seeing what it really looks like uh, to, to struggle as a manager. Yeah, I mean, I did get a comment 
right before I started the stream from somebody that said, still fire Ollie. And I'm like, bro, can we not right now with that? It was hard times for me when I thought the Cardinals might legitimately have to consider that as a last resort option. When I knew all along, remember what I've been saying, the longevity of Ollie Marmol is something I've never questioned until a couple of days there when things were really, really bleak during the eight-game losing streak. Um, I was preparing mentally for the possibility that I would have to cover a team that was making a manager change. I never thought it made sense. I never thought Ollie was the problem. I knew that it was very difficult for fans to hear that at the time because they were losing every day and the style of play was suffering. It didn't look good. And so I totally understood where folks were coming from. Um, but at the same time, I, I just felt like it was a matter of this roster turning things around on their own. Um, and again, it's really interesting that their winning did coincide with the Wilson Contreras move. I, I feel like that's more coincidental, but I also feel like if there were pitchers that felt like something Wilson needed to do differently um, and, and unless they made a jarring change that like woke everybody up to like, okay, we, this is serious. Now we're making a pretty jarring move. Maybe the clubhouse needed that sort of shakeup to get everybody uncomfortable with the way things were. I don't know that it was fair to Wilson Contreras because I don't think it was his fault that things were going the way that they were, but maybe it's just one of those deals where they needed something to jar them loose out of like, their place of maybe just being too comfortable with the losing that was happening. Nobody liked it. They were frustrated. I'm not trying to deny that, but they just needed a different, they needed something to change. And so it, it does coincide. I don't think that Wilson coming back is just going to suddenly be, well, if he's coming back as the catcher, now they're screwed because uh, they were only winning when he wasn't the catcher. It's more about, I mean, he was still a big part of this week, by the way, the hits that he was getting, the walk that he draws in game two uh, of the Red Sox series. He was still doing a lot to help this team win. I don't think him returning behind the plate is going to be some omen in a negative way. I think whatever they had in their system is hopefully out of their system at this point, and they can move along with some success. Um, Allison asking, are we ready to see Wilson catch tomorrow? I think Wilson's ready to catch tomorrow. I think he's chomping at the bid to get back behind the plate. Uh, and and even if he doesn't have anything that, like, the, it was mentioned the comments he made to the Post-Dispatch and the comments sort of about I, nothing really changing in a major way for him, even if he feels like that's true, in the back of his mind, I think he's going to be a little more locked into what they're asking him to do, right? You just pay a little bit more attention, a little more focus to the details, and that can only serve to benefit the Cardinals because I think this could have ended up as a wake-up call for Wilson Contreras. And like I said all along, the optics of it are terrible. It sounds bad. It's a national laughingstock. The media is taking, uh, taking its run at this, and nobody knows what's going on in St. Louis. Every podcast you listened to over the last week, everybody around the game was confused. And that's fine, but anybody who was thinking, oh, Wilson's not going to be the catcher again, I remember the Buster Olney comments were based on rival execs saying whatever. They didn't know. They weren't plugged into the situation, and so they didn't know. The Cardinals never intended for this to be a, a forever thing with Wilson. They just did a horrible job of getting that message out, and they had a little bit of inconsistency in the, the day one and two of how they were going about this publicly. And so that's what made it a laughingstock more than anything else. Um, but I always said throughout all of it, it could end up working out to their benefit where it's just going to be fine and we don't talk about this all year. Uh, we'll remember it as a, a obviously weird situation, right? Like nobody expected the Cardinals to be in this spot five weeks into the season, and so we'll remember it for that. But as far as it having an impact on the rest of the year, it certainly does not have to. So I'll be curious to kind of see how it plays out, but – we could be on the other side of this thing as early as, you know, Monday at 9.30 p.m. if the Cardinals are able to, to pull off a nice win, extend the winning streak, 
and and get one against the division rival who I think is the chief competition in the NL Central. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. We're up to 33 likes as of my reading this right now. Would love to get us up to 40 tonight on the stream. Appreciate you guys for being here. Subscribe to the channel, by the way. If you haven't subscribed, uh, you haven't been able to chat tonight on the live stream. Uh, you can chat within a minute of subscribing to my YouTube channel. We do this all the time. Cardinals are going to be at home now. And I've got some anniversary stuff coming up this week. And so there will be some times where I'm not as present as I otherwise am. But it's a long baseball season. I'm going to be here all the way through the end of it. And even into the offseason, we'll just start talking about offseason stuff. Uh, so if I'm gone for a couple of days, just trust that I'll be back. Stick with the channel. Uh, subscribe. And and you'll uh, have a lot of fun, I think, as I will throughout this season talking Cardinals. Connor says, glad you're doing this daily. Need this in my life. No one else understands my Cardinal love up here in Cub Country. Yeah, for those who don't live in St. Louis, man, this is maybe your little community that you can gravitate toward as we go along here. That's what I'm trying to build here. I've got some big ideas for some stuff that I would like to do. Uh, and, and it was kind of fun. My buddy Felix, shout out to Felix and Brent last night. It was like 2.30 in the morning. And I was actually doing a live stream working on some of this stuff to, to make the screen look better. And you see the box score and some different stuff I was trying to figure out. And those guys were just uh, on the stream live with me, uh, helping me through some of that. And so I, we kind of joked, like, maybe do a little B-shape after dark, like, do the regular stream, but then if I'm awake at 2 a.m., we'll just sit we'll, we'll sit there and shoot the breeze. And maybe there's 10 people there and everybody else that's normal is asleep. Like, we might do some stuff like that. I also would like to plant the seed of sort of like a watch party sort of deal for some road games. I'm usually covering the home games. But I could see doing maybe a live stream where, I, you know, I mute my television, y'all mute yours, or maybe you don't mute yours. It doesn't really matter. The, the audio is not going to come through on your end. But I would maybe just kind of watch along with you guys and and say what I'm thinking about the game and certain decisions and situations. Uh, if that's something people would be interested, let me know that. Let me know in the comments. Let me know in messages on Twitter, at Schaefer12. Um, would have to make sure we're doing everything by the book. I'm not stepping on any toes. Um, you can't stream live content, right? That's copyrighted and everything. But if I'm talking about what's happening and I don't show the screen or anything on my stream, maybe something like that. Uh, with, with a little bit of the game log, as you see here with the box score, if that's something people would be interested in. Just trying to do some different things. So uh, any ideas you have, by the way, for the stream, I am wide open to. Believe me, I, there is no such thing as a dumb idea. And if it's something that I'm capable of doing, I'll let you know. And if it's something I don't think I can do, I'll let you know that too. Um, I want to be accessible to you guys because you've given me a lot of support. It, it means a lot. Uh, Nate says, Arenado is back, baby. And I couldn't agree with that more. I think Arenado is certainly back. Uh, we pulled up his his uh, season-long stats a minute ago. I'll bring it back up now. You know, hitting 256, it, the numbers aren't great. If you look at that 708 OPS, like it's all kind of below his career norms. But it's absolutely, I think, the case that uh, that you would expect him to be at least within somewhat of a range, right? 708 OPS isn't great, but it's not 580 or whatever it had been. And you look at kind of the last seven splits, already it looks so much better. Hitting 313 over the last seven games, slugging 750, the OPS over 1,000 for the last week. You know, that's Nolan Arnado, guys. Four homers, 11 ribbies. I, I remember a stream about a week, eight, ten days ago at this time. It seemed as though he was starting to turn that corner. And I started to give you the inklings, and I'm no, you know, Nostradamus, but I was starting to get a lot more comfortable with what we were seeing out of Arnado at the time. And so I was I was starting to say on the stream, like, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. 
And uh, lo and behold, he is fine. I think he's going to be, just as we kind of predicted, okay moving forward. So that's good for the Cardinals. And uh, yeah, great point by Nate. I think he is back back. I would not worry about him any longer. Three more likes to get to 40. Y'all can do this. I believe in you. I believe in you. Uh, Let's see here. Scrolling down. I need I need a mouse as well. I'm using a laptop and my trackpad is breaking. Like it doesn't always scroll. So you guys, for those who stick with the stream, you are absolutely dealing with maybe one of the most technologically challenged. I think I'm technically a millennial. I don't believe in generations. That's a whole other thing. But like for a guy who's under 30, the fact that I can't use technology, it's honestly an embarrassment. Jason says, I've got four kids. You've got some catching up to do. Like I said, man, hands full with the one, but we love him. It's been awesome. It's been a great year. Uh, Asher says, we all owe Kenley Jansen to thank you. Yeah, I mean, Wilson Contreras got into his head, too, in game two. I absolutely believe it. Um, The fact that Wilson Contreras and Brendan Donovan did not put a ball in play and collectively, what did they only, they only faced like four pitches because Brendan Donovan faced zero and Wilson didn't need two of the balls because they were pitch clock violations. Like, that's crazy what they were able to accomplish. And then Donovan with the base running play, uh, it was crazy last night, but Kenley Jansen absolutely helped the Cardinals along uh, for sure. Childish Gambino, I love our offensive-minded primary catcher. Yeah, Wilson is the primary. Don't dump on Andrew Kisner. He did a nice job holding down the fort. Uh, he's a good player. Big-time homer tonight for Kiz. I, I, I get excited when Andrew Kisner d- does well because I feel like he's written off, and I get it why the numbers have not historically been uh, all that productive for Kiz. But now hitting 213, OPS is over 600, which is not some major accomplishment. I get that. But at the same time, you know, he's had some struggles. Look at over the last week, though. OPS over 800. Um, Even over the last 15 games, OPS right there at 795. So he's not a 615 OPS guy. I know that last year he was, and for his career he struggled. I get it. There hasn't been the, the offensive success consistently that you'd hope to have seen from him but with the bomb he hit tonight like you know that he's got it within him and he's got that capability um and I think as a backup catcher his offense is more than sufficient speaking of somebody whose offense has been more than sufficient Paul Young homered again today talk about a moonshot I hate the backward camera I want to see that and y'all know what I'm talking about the camera was behind home plate behind the catcher when DeYoung hit his home run and then they quickly shift to it but Show that on a replay. Don't show it during a potential home run. It's like when they don't do anything on those pitches, I'm glad because I get to actually watch the action unfold in a way that makes sense to my brain. Um, But whatever, that's my little gripe. But DeYoung still hitting over 300. The OPS at 949. Um, Again, he's going to have a lot of games like this where he goes one for five with a home run and he strikes out still because he's he's sort of a, a, a hit or miss type of guy. But he's hitting enough right now where the OPS is 950. And he's not going to have a 300 average, but he doesn't have to because he is a powerful hitter when he gets going. And so for Paul DeYoung, man, I uh, I put the little devil horn emoji where you're smiling at the uh, with the devil face. I believe Sean is one of the guys on Twitter who said he's going to Venmo me a thousand bucks if Paul DeYoung goes 750 or better OPS with at least 400 plate appearances this year for the Cardinals. So. I'm really hoping to get that payday. Uh, Sean has not replied to that, I don't believe. So he might just say, oh, screw off. And he would be right, too. Um, but, hey, I, if he'll if he'll Venmo me the 1000 I will definitely accept it. Um, Ryan C. says the license plates are Cardinal plates, and they say Nato. That's cool. That's a cool personalized plate. 
Ryan telling me I'm beautiful. I needed that. Uh, yes, Jason, Grey's Anatomy is still on television. I know the latency is terrible here. I'm just getting to these comments later, but y'all comment a lot. That's a credit to you. But yeah, it's in its like 28th season, and we watch that and the, the fire show that's connected to it. We watch every network TV doctor show, except for like the Chicago ones, I think, that are on like NBC. And I don't even know if we enjoy them at this point, but we, we just do it because we always have. Uh, they're fine. It's it's kind of, you know, whatever. Not my favorite, but it's we do it together, so it's nice. Um, Nathan says, if the Cardinals sweep the Brewers, you think that they have a good shot at being in first place in the division by July 1st, which is my birthday, turning 29 this year. Not 30 yet, so uh, that's nice. Uh, if the Cardinals sweep the Brewers, yes, I believe they have a good chance of being in first place by July 1st because they'd be four and a half games back, and they're playing the way they're playing at that point. They would be a freight train. So, yeah, I would think that's true. But two out of three, that changes the dynamic, and then actually losing the series changes it even more significantly. So I agree with the premise. I just think it's going to be tough to sweep them. That Cardinals swept the Red Sox sleep, going to hit different, Joe. Uh, I'm happy for you, Joe, that you'll be sleeping well, catching your Zs. Trevor, I won't make it through this whole stream, but sweeps aren't hard. Just play the Red Sox. Uh, Trevor must have to work tomorrow. Is Jack ready for the start tomorrow, asks Allison. Am I the only one nervous? I think y'all should be nervous, not because I'm predicting a bad Jack start, but because I think it's so important for the immediate and, and like, next four months of this team. One game in May is not going to change the season. But, like, it could have a really positive impact if it goes well. If it goes poorly, it's just kind of more of the same that we've seen from him recently. But if it goes well, suddenly what are the weaknesses of this team? Still the rotation, you'd say. But I think there would be a lot of positivity infused if Jack Flaherty can can kind of resemble the best version of himself. And so that's what I think is important. And, and everybody says, oof, you got to brace yourself for Jack tomorrow. Uh, I It's a big one. It's a big one. Connor says, do you remember me asking about Wilson's game calling a couple weeks ago, like three or four days before the whole debacle? Yeah, Connor, I do remember that. And, and I think a couple of other people had chimed in about that. And I think I said at the time that I didn't want to like overstate the difference between him and Yachty and, and what we didn't know because I hate to speculate, right? But then you you were clearly barking up the right tree, Connor, because we, we saw what unfolded thereafter. Uh, and I think obviously ended up being a, a pretty good call by you. I just didn't, and you said I'm a little bit of a savant. I didn't want to get too uh, too deep into that by just claiming to know things that I didn't know. But, yeah, I mean, there was, there was clearly something going on behind the scenes, whether it was game calling, prep, whatever it was, that they weren't on the page about that was maybe frustrating the rotation, but could it have been a lack of communication to say those starters really weren't telling Wilson what they needed to, to tell him to be able to have that uh, that that honest and open conversation, get it all out on the table, and it took a while, I think, for that to occur. Once it did, though, I mean, the Cardinals are now in in a, a much better situation because of it, I think. Um, now, did they handle it the right way? I would say no still, but the past is the past, and they're, they're moving forward beginning Monday. Alex Foster asking McDreamy or McSteamy. Uh, McDreamy, for sure. Uh, amazing series, need to keep going. Are you talking about Grey's Anatomy is an amazing series? No, CJ's talking about the Cardinals. I just, I tease. Jack is due. He very well might be, Ryan. Uh, as early as it is in the season, big series coming up. And Chris makes that point, and he's right, because <laughs> McSteamy, I'm still getting lost in the McSteamy, McDreamy uh, conversation. Look, they're, I don't want to spoil it for, for anybody, but they're both 
no longer with us. So it, it doesn't really on the show, on the show. I really did like Mark Sloan too, though. Um, it is a big series coming up. They are facing the team that they're chasing, the team that I believe has the only other opportunity than the Cardinals to win the Central. And they don't play the Brewers as many times this year as they did in the past because of the balanced scheduling. MLB has everybody play everybody every year. That's why the Cardinals were at Fenway. Uh, next year, the Red Sox will come to Bush, and that that's the way it's going to go. But the Brewers, you only play 12 times instead of it used to be like 18 or 19. And so it's going to be important to take advantage of those opportunities, especially with the deficit that you have. Like, because you've already dug that hole, it's not like you can say, oh, if we tread water against the Brewers, that's fine. No, that is a, a tailor-made opportunity to gain. And if you don't gain, you kind of end up looking uh, a little bit bleak it's it's double, right? For every game you play the Brewers, you know that you're either going to win or lose, and they're going to do the opposite. So it it absolutely magnifies those series. And uh, because of where the Cardinals are right now, it feels like it could be a fulcrum point of the season if it can go their way. Allison wants to know if Kisner will DH when Wilson catches because he's been doing well lately. No, he won't, uh, Allison. But I do think you'll still see Kisner a couple times a week at least. And when they face lefties, you very well might see Wilson DH get him off his feet anyway, and then Kisner back in the lineup um, because the Cardinals have seemed to like Kisner in the lineup, especially against left-handed pitching. And by the way, them calling him Kinzer on the broadcast was another one that bothered me on ESPN today. Had to get that out there. Uh, CJ says, need a good game from Flaherty, and he's right. If Jack screws up, he has his excuse behind the plate, right? Fly Navy, no, I that's gone. I don't think they're going to use Contreras as an excuse. They... They said they didn't intend to in the first place. They just had some things with him they wanted to work through. But, no, they're not going to be able to use that as an excuse. They just won't anymore, not after the the loud way that this whole saga has played out. I like that they're getting him back behind the plate, though. I just thought it would be Wainwright first, but they want to make a point that it's Flaherty, right, to say, hey, if anybody might have perceived that Flaherty was one of the, the guys who wasn't too fond of whatever Wilson was doing, if that's a perception that's out there, we're going to wipe that away by saying, they made a point that he's going to be the guy uh, to, to link up with Wilson in his first game back. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Connor says, I swear, every time Arenado turns a corner after a cold spell, it's a haircut. Yeah, dude shaved his head, buzzed his head, and it did it for him. Uh, I don't think he's going to have long hair the rest of the year now. He might just he might start waxing it, just go go full bald um, because he's he cares so much. He wants to do anything he can to win, so. I appreciate y'all for getting the likes up to 40. Let's go 45 next and then maybe to 50. Who's to say? Who else is ready for Kiz to DH tomorrow with Wilson behind the plate? Uh, I, I don't, like I said already, I don't think that will happen. Uh, certainly won't happen probably ever. If they're going to both be in the lineup, Kiz will probably be catching on those days. Um, but yeah, Kisner's looking good with his offense. And uh, again, I'm, I'm not knocking that. I think that's a really uh, nice positive for the Cardinals. Um we saw a little Burleson in this series, so it, it all really does just depend on who the Cardinals uh, end up facing. And I don't know who who's pitching for the Brewers tomorrow. Doesn't really matter. You guys will tell me, and then I'll know eventually. But that might be a way to, to, to read into potentially what's happening with uh, the lineup. Nolan Lightyear. Yeah, that's good. Got the buzz cut. He's Nolan Lightyear. Jason says if the Cardinals take two or three from Milwaukee, split with the Dodgers, the rest of the division will start to sweat. They should already start to sweat. The Cardinals are still, I think, in last. They're gaining on everybody. Uh, the Reds have been playing decently. I'm telling you, they already should be sweating, in my opinion. 
you don't want a guy hitting 213 as a DH. I don't think he will be DHing, so don't worry about that. Brent says outside of the Dodgers series, the schedule is really light till the end of June. Um, yeah, I think it does lighten up a little bit. I'm, I hesitate to pull up the schedule right now because then you'll see the process of me Googling. Uh, I'm a very novice streamer. I'll get better at those things where I can just pull up exactly what you're talking about. But for now, I'm trying to just introduce one thing at a time. And so we're looking at the box score today. So bear with me, guys. I appreciate it. If you have suggestions, by the way, for the things I do on the stream, I got that little the photo of Bush Stadium. It says subscribe, comment, like. Hopefully that's a reminder that it really helps me if you all subscribe. Uh, and in this case, you get to comment once you subscribe. So that's a, a nice little boost for your uh, motivation if you needed it. Connor said, don't think how they handled Willie was the right move, to be clear. Just have been noticing questionable game calling. Yeah, maybe it was a little bit questionable. The rotation clearly had noticed it. And uh, they they took that to a very far extent. Maybe they could have done the messaging a little better. They could have been a little more upfront and communicative with him, maybe even with the public. All's well that ends well as long as, like I said, tomorrow is the rubber stamp. If it goes well for Flaherty and the Cardinals win, there's nothing to be angsty about anymore when it comes to this situation, even though it was a very, very weird one that could have been handled better. I definitely feel that way. Ethan says Gorman needs to bat every day. We've talked about it. The Cardinals are going to look for opportunities to do it for him against lefties. So far, though, they're pretty confident and comfortable with the way they're going about it and having those right-handed bats uh, bat against lefties instead of Nolan Gorman. And again, I know that everybody is continuing to bang the drum for Gorman to play every day. But did, did y'all realize that if he had played every day, he wouldn't have been able to be handpicked for the opportunities against Kenley Jansen that won the Cardinals two of those games? I, I think there is some merit to that. Kluber is past his prime, but he can still be tough at times from CJ. I, I think I did, uh, I sent a trade. He's still on a fantasy team of mine. And he's he's kind of eh, he's kind of meh, and so I was gonna drop him after tonight. I thought um, Connor likes it when Gorman is available off the bench as long as they use him, and they did. The last two days they used him in a perfect spot each time. Give Ollie credit. The fire Ollie stuff needs to, <laughs> like I, now that they're winning, you're not gonna find very uh, you know sympathetic cause when it comes to the fire Ollie stuff with me. You're just not going to because I've I've uh, I've said. You know, I really think highly of him as a manager. And uh, now they're pulling the right the, the right strings and, and pushing the right buttons, clearly. Uh, note about the Nado nukes from Einstein. Only home run this series that was not out in all 30 ballparks was the last one, which was 15 out of 30. Not Mickey Mouse Fenway homers. They are bombs. Yeah, he's pulling the ball. It's almost like a negative that it's at Fenway because if he hits a, a nuke line drive, it might hit the top of the wall for a single instead of leave the yard. Um, because that's such a shallow fence, but it's such a tall fence. But he hit him over the launch angle. That tells me the launch angle is not an issue right now for Nolan. I think it's just got to be the aspect of, like, you see how enticing it is if you pull the ball with some some launch angle at Fenway. And so it, it was just on a platter there for him all weekend, and he found ways to continue to, to thrive with it. Really good to see. And maybe that's what locks him back in. You go back to Bush. He can still hit big back land, even if the, the fence is a little further back. It's not a big deal. Um, How do you think Walker can get reintroduced in the lineup, especially if the team is rolling because he has to play every day? Maybe trade deadline after some moves. That's from Brent. Brent, I think he'll be back before the trade deadline for sure. He had a, a three-hit day, I believe it was, today in Memphis. Reached base four times. I told you on the stream within the last three days when I was asked about Walker, 
that that is what was going to happen, that you were going to see a situation where, oh, why are his numbers so bad? And then suddenly he bounces back tremendously and has one or two of those days where the season numbers might look bad. His ERA, or ERA, his batting average was below 200. The OPS was below 600 in Memphis for Walker, uh, which you think he got sent down. He should be able to thrive against that competition. Remember, he had never played in Memphis before. He was only double A uh, right to the big leagues. And so maybe a learning curve there. Um, the big league numbers were better than the Memphis numbers, and I, I think they still are. But the fact that he has that day, it tells me he's like he's going to make progress and going to be fine. How do you get him back here is a fair question. Trevor wonders if DC is hurt, he'll be on the way. It's possible. Um, it's definitely possible. Dylan Carlson, you think switch hitter. Great defender, though. That's the difference. And DC kind of rolled his ankle. They said he was day-to-day, I think, with a uh, ankle issue. I don't know if they said it was a sprain or just an, an injury or what it was. I'm gonna, I am going to look at my phone because I have the text from Cardinals PR. Uh, Carlson was removed from the game with an ankle sprain. He's day-to-day. So he'll probably be out of the lineup for sure tomorrow. Um, but if they feel the need to make a move to get him 10 days to clear that up completely, then yes, they'll need to recall an outfielder. Newt Barr would play a lot of center. But here's the other thing. Tyler O'Neill is probably that close to coming off the IL. So that would be the move before Jordan Walker, especially because O'Neill better defender. And so you can then put a Burleson or a Donovan in right field every day. Or, or whoever it ends up being, dependent upon the situation. And then O'Neill goes to left, Newtbar in center, and you maintain a pretty good defensive outfield, um, despite not having everyday Dylan, hashtag everyday Dylan, in there. Hate to see Dylan be injured. Hopefully it's a short-term thing for him. But I don't think that the answer, Trevor, is that Walker returns because of DC's injury. Even if he goes on the IL, um, they're not going to bring him up because even if Tyler is not ready tomorrow, which I don't know exactly how his progress is, but if Tyler's not ready tomorrow, they call up somebody. I, I don't even know who it would be at this point. My my brain is kind of drawing a blank. But somebody that they can easily send right back down if they need to. And maybe that means, uh, you know, Oscar Mercado or something where they say, oh, if we call him up for a couple of days and we can put him on waivers, he's not going to go anywhere. I don't think Mercado gets claimed necessarily. Um, but it's going to be something, I think, to that effect where they wait till Tyler's ready and then they can pull that trigger. They also very well could say, well, Tyler's a few days away. They may just play a man down for a day or two as they wait to see what Dylan's like. And then if he ends up being uh, long-term, they can backdate it retroactive on the IL, call up O'Neill. That would be the way to solve that. So I don't think Walker is yet, but I do think before the trade deadline, certainly, um, if he's not up in June, I'd be surprised when it comes to Jordan Walker. But I get why you might question that, especially with the uh, the glut they still have in the outfield and things like that. But it gets better now. Keep in mind, it gets better when there's no star catcher playing DH every day. That's going to ease the burden a little bit on the, the weird lineup stuff. Connor says, if Jack doesn't perform well, the Cardinals can't go anywhere. I kind of think that's fair. I won't say they can't go anywhere. They could win a, a wild card spot or even a division in this in the, in the Central or with the, the, the 85 wins that might claim it, they could do that without Jack. In the playoffs, they're not going anywhere without Jack Flaherty. I, I kind of believe that is just a fact. Uh, Caleb says, Newt is off to an amazing start. He's turning into a star in front of our eyes. Pretty cool to see. It sure freaking is. How about the moment where his mom was on the broadcast tonight? That's awesome. He performs really well on Mother's Day. Um, obviously, he was playing for Team Japan. 
uh, to to honor his mother, right? And and she had a blast watching him go through that. And I do recommend the Players Tribune article that that Lars put together. Uh, but he's hitting 302. He's OPSing 880. He was three for for six today with three runs scored. He is the quintessential leadoff hitter. Um, not seeing a ton of like home run power, just three homers. But he's he's got extra base ability. He's got great athleticism. Athleticism. I can't talk. Great speed. Um, he's just a really good all around player. And you see the splits recently there for Newt Bar OPS and over nine hundred uh, in the last seven games, and even doing so as well over the last fifteen. He's just a shade below that for the season at about eight eighty for the OPS. So yes, things for Lars Newt Bar uh, could not be going much better. And uh, that's really good to see because the Cardinals prioritized him in the offseason when they said, hey, we're not trading him. You know, all these all these teams that might want him, um, as I can't figure out how to work to Google, this is not an internet, uh, internet thing. This is just my damn computer not being uh, very good right now. Lars Nupar was protected by the Cardinals in the offseason is what I was trying to say. Whether it was Sean Murphy, whether it was... Danny Jansen, whether it was maybe some interest they could have had in Pablo Lopez, they weren't doing it. And I think they are proven correct to have uh, the vice grip on Lars Newpard that they've had. So he's been great, and he's going to continue to be great. Uh, but Connor chiming in again on Flaherty is that Jack is the guy with the upside in the rotation. It's actually true. He He's the one that could be an ace, and like not just like a number one, like a Michaelis could be a number one, or a Jordan Montgomery, or even a Wayno could perform as a number one. Flaherty could be that guy that is a dominator in the playoffs. He's he's kind of done it. Go back to 2020 against the Padres. They lost that game, but it wasn't because of Flaherty. You know, so that's the way I look at that. CJ does not see a sweep of the Brewers. Um, feel like each team will win one. Well, it's a longer series than than just two games, but I hear what you're saying. Um, washed is the wrong word for a 27-year-old. I don't know who. Oh, Asher had said that Jack is washed. I don't think he's washed. I think he's gone through some injuries. I think he's trying to find himself still. You get thrown out of a rhythm when you have happened to you the things that Jack has had, which are like, and why why are we having this happen with the uh, the the box score? I haven't been able to get that fixed. I'm sorry that the names are kind of cut off on the left side. I'm working on it. I'm working on it, boys and girls. Anyway, uh, Asher corrects himself, says, I mean, Wash is in the injury, screwed him up. In COVID, right, 2020 was tough because they they kind of took him out of action and basically were trying to spare his health, and it, it backfired because he kind of lost his rhythm and then ended up with a lot of injuries over the following two years anyway. Uh, so that's a bummer. Connor likes the stream, says it looks good. I appreciate that. Uh, will he ever be 2019 Jack again, Asher? I don't know. I know that he doesn't think of it in those terms. He just thinks, can I be be myself and and, and do the things that I'm capable of doing? I know how I can fix this. I know how I can fix this. I think. Maybe. That's the best I can do. Eh, you don't need to see my dashboard for my uh, my bookmarks. Uh, I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see Jack at his best again. Um, I think we will. We just may not see it in St. Louis. I think, I think he could easily go get that change of scenery, and he's still a very young guy, and the talent has never been in doubt. So... Um, I'm not saying he can't thrive in St. Louis. I'm just saying I'm not counting him out for his career, um, even if he doesn't end up doing it this year. Uh, 
Uh, appreciate you guys for watching. We're two likes away from 50 if you want to like it. And by the way, if you haven't been able to comment, you're just one quick click away from being able to do so. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you enjoy this Cardinals content. We're here after most uh, games, after pretty much every road game, unless I'm doing something uh, with the family or something, uh, we're, we're doing these streams. And home games, the situation is this. I'll be at Bush Stadium, and so it may be after midnight, like tonight, that I'm able to do the stream by, after getting home, but I don't mind doing it. I actually love doing it. Um, so just recognize that Cardinals home games, like tomorrow and Tuesday, I'll be at both those home games. It'll be, you know, a, a midnight probably before I get home after writing about the home games and doing the things I do for KMOV. And so uh, just stick with me, and we can do stuff like this even late into the night if people are down for it. Um, but this is what I would love to do. Fly Navy says, you're running the Cardinals. Ask yourself this. You won six of seven playing well. Would Monday be the, the day you choose to change it up and put Contreras behind the plate? Yes, it would be um, because I don't think the catcher is the reason. I, I didn't think it was in the first place. So, yes, I would put Kisner or I would put uh, Contreras behind the plate for Flaherty because I would have had him behind the plate for some of these games. I think by asking that question and thinking too much into it, the Cardinals begin to doubt themselves if they play it that way. And then it's kind of one of those deals where, you wonder, you know, if you're making the right decision. I think you got to be decisive and you got to recognize that the decision to have Contreras as your catcher in the first place is the one that you got to prioritize. So, uh, yeah, I'd have him back. I'd have him back, even though they've won six of seven. I appreciate that question. I just, to answer it, yeah, I would, I think they're doing the right thing. Derek hates how the situation was handled with the catcher last week. That said, what are we to think about Kiz? He was solid in his starting role, small sample or a result of regular play. I think both. Um, I do think regular play, Kisner would hit better. I've always thought that. But I also understand that you can't prioritize regular play when you have made the decision to sign an $87 million catcher. If you wanted to go a different route in the offseason, you could have. Uh, they didn't. They, they said catcher was a need. And so you've got to now play Contreras at catcher, uh, you know, four or five times a week because that's the way the roster makes the most sense. Uh, his bat is a factor, and you got to keep it in the lineup. But I think putting it at DH every day hamstrings the roster in a way that is just uncomfortable. And so I, I think it is correct to have him behind the plate. But Kisner, again, you need a good backup catcher. That guy's going to play 40, 50 times a year because even if there's no injury, no weird situation, that guy's going to continue to get playing time, right? Because at the end of the day, you aren't going to play your catcher every single day. You can't. It doesn't work. Now, they, they basically did it this past week with Kisner, and he handled it really well. But over the course of a season, guys are going to get burnt out. Guys are going to get worn out, and you need to make sure that you have the situation uh, under control with a good backup to be able to spot the guy that, that needs a breather every once in a while. So uh, I think everything's in a great situation right now. And Fly Navy says, it's not about Contreras returning. I want him back, and I've always felt the entire situation is messed up Is a front office Screw up. I agree with you, Fly Navy. They could have done it so much better than they did. Nudie making everyone cry, but Sox fans cry twice. That's from Joel. And the grave of Einstein chiming in on Flaherty. His whiff rate is better than the K rate. Positive regression is bound to happen when the whiffs come in better counts. Not much hopium to sniff, though. Yeah, I mean, regression implies, though, that he's pitching the same exact way with two strikes as he has without two strikes. He's been racing to two strikes most of the time successfully and then hasn't been able to keep it keep it going and, and have the put-away pitch. 
I don't know if he's changing his mentality, if he's changing his execution, if it's what it is, what it's been. But clearly, you know, that's been an issue for Flaherty. So if he's able to get rid of that, that's how it's going to regress, I think, Einstein. And there, there is a chance that happens for sure. Uh, Kids hitting 257 in May, an improvement from past performance and the regular playing time was a result. So I have only good things to say about Kiz, but he's going to be relegated to more of a part-time role because that's the way the roster makes sense. But he's doing his job. Like for those who said, oh, DFA, I hope you learned your lesson over the past week. Fans think firing the manager is the only thing they have an ounce of control over when a team is not doing well. Hard for them, hard for fans to accept that it's the players playing poorly, and sometimes it is. Um, and uh, got annoyed with it when it was Mike Schilt as well. Connor makes some good points that both are fine managers. Managers do a lot more than make a lineup and pick bullpen pitchers. It's something. It's an easy thing to complain about because as a fan, I can sit or you can sit and you can go, "Oh, that was the wrong decision." And it's really easy to do it after the decision already plays out and you see that it didn't work for the Cardinals, like. That makes it really, that makes it a ton easier, right? Because you can look and go, well, obviously the manager did it wrong. Otherwise it would have worked. And so that makes it, it's just an easy thing to do from the armchair, right? It's an easy thing to do from the couch. And so that's why I think a lot of people uh, end up doing it. Jamerica says, even if they turn around and get to the playoffs, the media is soft. That's such a like dumb comment. If you have something more constructive to say, Jamerica, like you've said it a couple times on the stream. Appreciate you for tuning in. I'm part of the soft media and you continue to watch me. So I hate to come at you like this, but like, give me something more than that. And if you want to do it in private, that's fine. At B Schaefer 12. If you're just here to troll, that's fine too. I'll just, I'll just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop giving it the attention unless you give me something more. I'm glad to have like a legit conversation with you about what you think about the soft media, but I need a little more. I need some, something other than just that kind of comment. And if there's some merit behind it, we'll talk about that. I'm cool with it. I'm open. Derek says the team has no starting pitching. The front office and the systemic issues are there. This run will only embolden the front office to do nothing. Here's the thing. I don't think they have no starting pitching. I think they maybe don't have enough, but the way they were built was like with a rotation filled with four number fours, number threes and fours in a rotation and whatever you get from Flaherty, which you hope could be a number two or number one, but right now has been not even to the caliber of a number five. So that, that's what's a little tricky about that. They were built this way. They've got five pitchers. They don't have the ace among them or enough guys that are bonafide number ones or number twos. Um, I don't think they have no pitching, though. I think Michaelis is a pitcher. He's a major league caliber pitcher. He's a major league caliber starter. Uh, and, and the numbers are going to begin to bear that out as time goes on. Jordan Montgomery is absolutely a major league caliber. Like Those guys are at least number threes and have really been performing closer to that Um it, like Michaelis is, is getting closer and closer to that. Montgomery, outside of a couple of bad outings, has been that. So they don't have no pitching, but th do they have enough? I think that's a fair criticism. Team is capable of turning it around, says Ryan, so that you can get bounced in the wild card round. Long way from being able to win a playoff series. I think pitching is a bigger key to that than we want to let on because, yes, you can slug your way to series wins in the playoffs. The Phillies did it all the way to the World Series, but they also had Zach Wheeler. They had Aaron Nola. And it takes a couple great starters and a lineup being able to get going uh, and, and a good bullpen. Like it's not, you can't just overcome a bunch of deficiencies with one strong thing. Like one lineup is not going to fix a bad rotation and bad bullpen when you get into the postseason. So I hear you guys. I hear you. 
they're going to need guys like Flaherty to step up. And Laborer88 says we see Flaherty if he can give five innings, decent innings. Yeah, I think he needs more than that. But you, you'd take five innings, two runs probably. But they just need to get deeper. They need to get deeper because then the bullpen does begin to become a problem if you're not able to go deep into games as a starter. Go ahead and uh, like the stream, by the way, guys. We're to 50. I appreciate that, but we can keep going. And uh, make sure you subscribe as well to the channel, which will allow you to comment in the live chat within one singular minute. So thank you guys for being here. Asher would like to see Libby up immediately. Not trusting Mats or Flaherty. One of them has to go. Mats has been fine the last two outings, and uh, Flaherty is starting tomorrow. So I don't think you're going to get your wish there. Uh, Connor says it's the the only thing fans feel they can control. Yeah, and fans feel like I can do the manager's job because I can call the bullpen and say to do this different. And so that's why it's so easy to criticize the manager. People don't realize, though, that unless you're writing down all these decisions in a notebook or you're tweeting them before they go wrong or before they go wrong or right, you're always operating with hindsight, even if you don't think you are. Unless you're in the moment on those decisions, and a lot of times people are, but there are a lot of times where you're not. If you're honest with yourself, you're like, yeah. And the other part of it is you don't know what the decision that you wish was made, you don't know what the outcome would have been about that. And that's hard for people to to settle with too. It's like the devil you know versus the devil you don't. The devil you know is the wrong pitcher came in and he gave up a home run. That's the manager's fault. The devil you don't know is what if they had left the other guy in and still a, a similar result had happened. But it's so, you, we don't get to find out. So it's like this unprovable hypothesis and you can't disprove it either. And so when you can't disprove it, the fan can sit there and go, see, you're a dummy. But there's no way to actually bear that out, which makes it tough. Kiz gets too much hate. I want to point out that he is good. Yeah, Einstein, I think you're spot on there. Um, and he's a good dude for the clubhouse. People may may or may not care about that kind of thing. I'm telling you what, you want Kisner in your clubhouse. He is one of his aces as a guy, as a guy in that room, I'm telling you. He should still play about a quarter of the time, says Connor, and I agree with that. And he will. That's the beauty of it. He'll play 30% of the time and should. More credit to uh, to Kiz from Einstein when he was starting. Looked a lot better than Contreras, not making the little mistakes that added up. Uh, also smacked balls around with the bat. Yeah, and Contreras hopefully looks sharp. Wouldn't it be great to see him throw out a runner tomorrow, have some quick innings, be able to get it done? That that would go a long way for everybody. Uh, Connor's in for more After Dark. That's great. Visual TDM listens after the game. Appreciate your comment, my friend. Uh, and Laborer now chiming in with the fact that the Brewers are streaky. Yeah, they are. I, I just don't think their offense is that good, guys. I don't think it's going to be like a top 10 offense even at the end of the day. So I feel like if their pitching falters at all, whether be be it health or just performance, the Cardinals end up with a big advantage there. And we'll see if, if, if that continues or if that ends up being true. Jordan Walker with a big day. Asher, yeah, you're totally right, dude. Uh, three hits in four at-bats or and four times on base, I believe, was the ledger. Uh, Connor asking what he did. Allison wondering about when I cover games at Bush, what's a game like from your perspective? How early do I get there and how late do I stay? Um, when it's a weekend game or like back before I was doing my radio show, I do a radio show on KTGR every day. You can hear me 4 to 6 p.m. if you have a, a internet connection, even if you don't live in mid-Missouri where the radio station is, KTGR. 
Uh, it's KTGR.com. My, my partner is Andy Humphrey. We talk a lot of Cardinals. We talk a lot of Mizzou sports. If you happen to like both, it's a show for you. And if you're a Chiefs fan too, there's no reason not to be listening to the big show from four to six every weekday because that's like the primary three things we talk about. Uh, but Allison, to answer your question, because of that, I end up leaving from my home in O'Fallon where I do the radio show right at 6 p.m. and I get there in about the bottom of the first inning uh, or sometimes the top of the second, depending on how hard it is to park and uh, what the traffic is like. I live kind of far away. So I, I a lot of times I'm not there for pregame, right? I used to be, but now I can't because I do a radio show and I'm trying to make a living. So, um, you know, having more opportunities in addition to my writing is is has been great. I've always enjoyed doing radio. Obviously, I'm basically doing radio here every night with you guys. Um, and so I, I don't really get to do the pregame stuff, which I lose some perspective because of that. It sucks, but it's just the trade-off that I that I'm making by being able to uh, do do a daily radio show in uh, the, the place I went to school at Mizzou. So it's a lot of fun. Um, how late do I stay? My perspective is I'm up in the press box. It's up there. Like if you're at Bush Stadium and you know like where that Budweiser overhang sign is that goes around the entire uh, behind home plate really big up in the upper deck. We're below that um, kind of behind home plate. So I'm watching from in there. Sometimes the windows are closed if it's too cold or hot or whatever. Windows usually open, so you're catching the vibe of the ballpark, which is great. Um, and then after the game ends, we go down the elevator, go into the uh, the media room, waiting for Ollie Marmel. He comes out and talks. Then we go into the clubhouse, talk to any players that pop through, and then you go back up uh, to finish writing or whatever. And the press box usually stays open a couple hours after the interviews end. And so I, you know, sometimes I'm there well after midnight if I'm pounding out a story. Sometimes I'd say, oh, I'm going to go write at home. Um, and, and so whatever the case might be, but yeah, that's what it looks like. And that's why I certainly can end up doing some late streams with y'all. If, uh, I'm, I'm there finishing a story or something, I'll come here and I'll do it. And if y'all are asleep, you'll see it in the morning, I guess. I don't know. Um, Brewers just swept maybe the second worst team in baseball. Yeah. The Royals suck. <laughs> we talked some Royals on the big show too. It's so disappointing though, because I thought they, they had more talent offensively to be able to kind of maintain like Bobby Witt Jr., Vinny Pasquantino, um, they, you know, Melendez, they still got Salvi. Their pitching is horrendous, though. They got Granky, and I don't think he's been performing all that great, but he's still kind of a veteran, at least in that rotation. Brady Singer has been terrible this year. It's not a, a, a Royals podcast. I get that, but they have been bad, and so don't over, don't think the Brewers are suddenly all that by sweeping the Royals. Most teams should sweep the Royals. Uh, Grave of Einstein, got to say, was 85 to 90% on Love and Contreras. Got to 100% when I saw him messing with Jansen's head. Love that man. Yeah, dude, that's the kind of guy you love to have on your team, and he's doing the little things, and that's what they want to see him do behind the plate. Connor mentions B-Shafe last night was the meme at the party. Quote, they don't know that Brendan Donovan didn't run into an out and also disrupted the throw to cause a game winning an errant throw. Dude, yeah, you should make that meme. Like the guy in the corner that's holding his drink talking to nobody. And he's just he's just saying, you don't know. But my buddy Thomas was there at the party. I could have talked to Thomas about that um, because he's he's into the Cardinals big time. And maybe he's watching the stream. He's probably asleep, though. But uh, I should have I should have brought that up with Thomas about the Brendan Donovan thing. I actually had to leave the party midway through, like right after we got there. Um, this was like toward St. Louis, uh, about 25, 30 minutes uh, 
down 70 to 270 to 40 from where I live. Uh, and we, I left, went home, and came back because I was reminded about all the storms that we had in the area. And my basement has a situation where if the drain is clogged up on the back porch, I might get some flooding in the unfinished laundry room of my basement. And I was like, so I had so much anxiety about it. I'm like, I'm going to just drive. It's going to be a 45 minute round trip, but I'm going to go make sure that my basement didn't flood just so I can enjoy the rest of this party. And that's what I did. And so uh, I didn't have time, Connor, to, to do the meme, but I otherwise I probably would have. Uh, laborer says, by the way, isn't it something how an offense can perform when the pitching staff doesn't dig a hole early in games? Yeah. And you sent me that in a message tonight and you're a hundred percent correct. Like, remember those Steven Matz games where he only gave up four, but they were all in the first inning and the Cardinals lose four to one. And it's like, they didn't mount a charge offensively because they're kind of taken out of it. And yes, you're right. If you're a commenter and I, I got these comments, like you should be a professional, you should be able to you know, dig out of a hole, man, that could be easier said than done though. Right? Like it's human nature to have those things impact you sometimes. Uh, Connor says PDJ is sick. Yep. 949 OPS. You'll take that for the love of God. Don't move him up in the lineup though. I'm telling you, just let him, let him cook. Where was he tonight? Uh, batting seven tonight. Let him cook, man. Just let him cook where he is. That's what you need. I wonder what the attendance was tonight. Fenway, 27K. That's not a huge ballpark, though. I don't know what the capacity is. I've never been to Fenway. I need to get there. I need to get to some road trips this year, but I've got that baby at home that I'm like, I don't want to leave him. So it is it is what it is right now. Maybe I'll take him. <laughs> Put him in, sit him up on the uh, press box table. Hey, buddy, just chill there for a second. I got to write. Um ESPN is goofy. They got to make a big production of everything. It's the game of the week. It's the Sunday night game of the world. You know, you know how it, you know how it be. It's a different vibe than your local broadcast because it has to be. Uh, I like the screen name, Jesse. We need to cook. <laughs> I love breaking bad. Better call Saul might even be better. If you, if you've loved breaking bad and you've never seen better call Saul, get to Netflix. Like right now, I, I give you permission to leave the stream to start a better call Saul. Um, Connor says, do they still have the worst record in the NL? I don't know. Um, I have no idea. I'm not going to look it up because I don't want to mess up the stream. Uh, but worst win percentage is what Jesse needs to cook, says. <laughs> the Nationals must be winning a ton. Grand Slam Scotty, what's up? Says, good morning, Brendan. Lovely news to wake up to. We're back. Cardinals might be back. They very well might be. We'll see. And the Reds have won some games, too. They're only like four or five below 500. Um, Peralta on Monday. Okay. Freddie has been tough on the Cardinals. I think he pitched well the last time. Uh, so, and he, he does look like he's in prime form. He's been pitching really well. Cardinals will have it cut out for them, but that's all the more reason if they win like a solid five or six to two kind of game where they score three, four against Peralta, Jack shoves bullpen holds it down. That would, that would be enough for me to go. Yeah, they might be back guys. Gorman available as a pinch hitter isn't a sound argument for not playing him daily. Can't know how that would have impacted the game, possibly negating the need for the clutch at bat. Derek, it's a good point. We we don't get to go butterfly effect with this. Um, but, like, historically, the numbers against lefties have been lesser for Gorman. So, I I get it. It's, it's, not, it's not a great argument to say, well, at least he's available to pinch hit. 
but it is something that bears mention, especially in a case where you could potentially have him just struggle against lefties. But you're right. He's a better hitter now than he was last year, and so maybe he wouldn't struggle. Um, they'll, they got to open it up at some point. Now I would get to the part where if you face a lefty who's not devastating, ease him in. See what happens. They have to start that process eventually. I agree. Carlson goes on the IL. Do I think he gets brought back? I think O'Neill is the one that would come back, and they'll they'll make a small move until O'Neill. Um, Walker back would be great, but what would that mean for the outfield? They didn't like his outfield defense, so he plays right. Newt plays center. Donnie plays left, but Donnie could be playing second again now that Wilson's going to be behind the plate. And so, you know, does that mean maybe Burleson gets some DH at bats? Burleson's been okay in the field, but you don't want Newt flanking Burleson and Walker. Um, that's just a little bit deficient, I think, defensively. Donovan in the outfield, I think, has been fine. I wasn't a huge proponent of that last year, but I actually think it's been fine. He's been very, very solid. Um, so I don't know if it's going to be Walker just yet, guys, but somebody had mentioned the all-star break or the uh, the trade deadline. No, it'll be it'll be long before that, in my opinion, that Walker returns. If it's not before my birthday, July 1, I'd be surprised. And that's my, like, little humble brag of, like, y'all going to wish me a happy birthday? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Brendan L. spelled correctly says, I feel like Tyler O'Neill would take Barrera's spot since Contreras is the catcher again. Yeah, I mean, they could make multiple moves, this kind of thing. So Barrera could go down for whatever. But, like, if Carlson goes on the IL is what we were talking about, that would obviously change it even more. Um They'd have plenty of spots, so maybe they bring Walker back, right? But they still need a spot in the daily lineup for him. And Donovan being able to play more second with Gorman DHing could be the, the the key to allow that, especially if O'Neal's not quite ready yet. But they don't want it to be short-term when they bring back Walker. And they're going to want him to sustain some of the, the success he had today. They're going to want to see him do that a few times in a row. Not three hits every day, but they want to see... I would be surprised if Walker's back tomorrow, but I would be happy for him because I think he should be on the team. Um, <laughs> you still have hope for DC, but his hype a couple of years ago was way too much, invested too much in his rookie cards. The problem, Connor, was that rookie card, like cards in general around that time were overpriced. I bought a Jason Dominguez, the prospect for the Yankees. I bought a whole lot. It was a lot of his that were two Bowman Chrome firsts, which are like the ones you want, in my opinion in terms of, like, maintaining value. And then there was some other ones that were, like, prospect cards that were a little cheaper, less valuable. But I was, like, it was an eBay lot for, like, 100 bucks total. And I was, like, I can sell one of these Bowman firsts for, I don't know, probably close to the 100. And I think I did. I might have got 75 or so, 80 bucks for it. And then I sold the other little ones for, like, 25 So I ended up, I still have a Jason Dominguez Bowman Chrome first. But if you were to buy one on eBay now, it's like probably 20 bucks, 15. Uh, so it was out of control. And if you bought into Dylan Carlson, you were getting the double whammy of cars were out of control at the time and people were hyping prospects. And Carlson has not turned into a star. And so, you're yeah, that's unfortunate. That's why with cards, man, it's hard for me to do it because I want to buy the cheaper stuff so I don't get burned because the one time I spent up on like an NBA box, I got burned on it. Um. I did. I remember there's a guy, what really got me into cards, there's a guy on Twitter, and he may still be around on Twitter. I, I don't remember. I haven't really seen him talk to him recently. But he sold me some, like, vintage stuff for a really good deal because they, they got a whole, uh, I think it was, like, him and his dad or something, him and his brother, 
they got a whole lot of like real old vintage. I got a Mickey Mantle that's crazy. And like I, I guess technically I don't know that it's legit, but I have no reason to doubt that this guy, you know, he was he was doing me a real solid like helping me start my collection. And so I got some cool older cards from that. That's the way I think card collecting would be the most fun is to do the more vintage stuff because right now, dude, the overproduction is out of control. But I still find myself buying a pack here and there just in case I I can hit big on one, you know. Yeah, I got a lot of cards. I gotta, I gotta, uh, <laughs> I have to uh, sort the cards that I have and and maybe clear some out. Einstein has an idea. Try to sneak Walker through waivers to clear up some space. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Can you imagine? Teams would be falling over themselves to claim Jordan Walker. Brendan L. Only reason I feel like Walker might be called up this week is because the compensation pick opportunity goes away if he's not called up by Tuesday. Um, the compensation pick opportunity, I take your word for it. I'm not 100% familiar with the, the new rule on, on what that is. Um, I thought it was like if he was rookie of the year eligible, that was the thing, but... Brendan L., send me a DM on Twitter. You'll be able to comment on here, but it might get lost. Send me a DM on Twitter so I'm more informed, um, or I'll have to look it up myself. You'd hate to see that. Connor asked if I play the show. I don't this year because I haven't bought the game. I played the crap out of it in 2020 when COVID was at its height and there was no baseball to cover, and I got kind of good. And then the next year I bought it real excited, and then I found out that I'm doing live streams. I mean, I wasn't then, but I was doing stuff that – prevented me from playing as much as I needed to, to like have a good diamond diamond dynasty team. And if I couldn't compete, I just didn't want to, I just kind of was like, well, I wasted my money. I don't want to keep doing this. So I don't have the game this year. Um, and now I have a, a, a son who's eight months old. So that's takes up a lot of time. I'm going to get back into the show eventually, but I don't think I'm going to buy it this year. Cause I'd have to buy the PSN, what they call PlayStation network. That's like 50 bucks. Um, Cause that's like the only video game I would play. I don't I don't break out the PS4 a lot. Don't have a PS5 yet. I would play I'll play PS3 in August when college football comes back. I'll play like my 2012 college football game on PS3. I've got no shame. That game is fun as heck. And the new game, if it's like the new Maddens where it's like all online and they don't prioritize the offline mode, I'll buy it, but I'll be disappointed by it when they put out the new uh, college football game. Grave of Einstein says on a serious note, I do miss Pacheco. It was a smart waiver. He has to get TJ this season, but man, the guy's talented. Going to look at him and Reyes later kicking ourselves. Well, Reyes, I mean, he was a free agent to be anyway. Like it's it they they weren't they weren't going to bring Reyes back long term. He'll be great when he's healthy with the Dodgers. Pacheco, I'm not trying to diminish a guy is not talented, but I think it's fine what they they did. Um, you 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 weren't going to hold him. Now, granted, with Tommy John, they could have had him on the 40 man and then 60 day IL and it doesn't cost you in season, but I think they're, I think it's fine. I think that's fine. Um, and yeah, maybe he ends up being a guy that makes it, but I, I personally would not spend a lot of emotional energy being bothered by that one. What if they put Willie back there and they lose five more in a row? That's Connor. Hope not. But what do you think would happen? Uh, fans would have a lot of shit to say, but it would not have an impact on, the team's decision-making. Um, you can't pull him twice in year one of a five-year contract because then it does become like a permanent thing. So if it happens again, they better have some hard 
heart to hearts in the in the dugout and in the clubhouse. Would love kids ten times more if he had a lefty bat and became a good platoon rhythm. Uh, but he's good against lefties. It is what it is, man. I hear you, but you can't create a player. <laughs> he's he's who he is. I hear you though. Einstein is playing the show right now. Just lost the new showdown. <laughs> it's not pretty for me right now. That's the one thing. If I get into streaming a lot and could do some show streaming, that would maybe change the game for me. But I tried to do that a couple of years ago, and I couldn't figure it out. Like I said, technically illiterate. Um, but I would definitely consider it. Oh, you have a mini Gorman prospect card. Yeah, send me a picture of that. At for 12 on Twitter, man. DM me that. That's cool. Um... And like the stream, we're up to 53. That's pretty good. We got an influx of new viewers. I guess YouTube must have just kind of pumped it out, and everybody's going to watch and be like, this stream sucks. I, I, I quit. Uh, but if you stick around, subscribe to the, uh, the, the thing. And did we just lose the stream? I'm going to be pissed if we did. Oh, excellent connection. All right. For a minute, we lost it. <laughs> What's up, Evan? Are you, are you brand new to this, Evan? Appreciate you for being here. Um, get that sun grinding on the show. Put him to use. Dude, the grind was real. I was spending hours and hours and hours a day on the show in 2020 to the extent that my wife went on like a trip. This is kind of embarrassing, but my wife went on like a weekend trip uh, or something. And it ended up that like I just played the show like for the whole time she was gone. It was crazy. Oh, I'm not receiving enough to maintain smooth streaming. Uh, if we get buffered out of this, guys, I apologize. Um, why are we getting an error? That's ridiculous. If you experience buffering, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We've made it so long. Uh, Evan's been around for a couple weeks, but just got a notification that I was live. Yeah, I appreciate that you, that you joined, Evan. I hate that we're almost wrapping this thing up, uh, 1 a.m., but you guys are fantastic. Like, I may just start a new stream because people that are on this one might be expecting like some hardcore Cardinals talk. And eventually we might just start one where we're just kind of hanging out. But I think we got through all the questions. If there's more chat, if there's anything else, uh, Connor says it's still good. Uh, I'm using YouTube studio. Now we can kind of uh, unbutton a little bit and it, it, it gives me updates on the health of the stream right now. It says the status is poor. So if you have an error now it's back to excellent. So this is, I'm, I did not use OBS, uh, open broadcast software yesterday, and now I am. It looks a little different. You can see the box score. Uh, we can play around with some stuff a little differently. Um, let's, let's do something now where I go, uh, Freddie Peralta. I want to Google, if I want to Google Freddie Peralta, I don't want to look at Journey. What in the world? Not the band Journey. They're good, but like, uh, I just want to do a Google search. Is that too much to ask for? Yeah, this is some bogus stuff. Get off the screen. What are you doing? Yeah, I just wanted to look up Freddie Peralta. It wasn't. It was. It didn't have to be that deep. And uh, let me know if this is showing up the baseball reference page for Peralta. Uh, Connor, see you, bro. Lots of good questions tonight from you. Appreciate you. Uh, yeah, send me that prospect pick. Um, Peralta, three point three two ERA, been pretty solid for the Brewers this year, and uh, hopefully this is showing up on the stream. For y'all, 10 Ks against Colorado. That's at Coors. That was a nice outing for him. Um, he's had three quality starts in a row. He strikes out. I'll, I would say this. He's probably going to have a lot of strikeouts, if I had to guess, uh, with the way we've seen the Cardinals kind of have, have that happen to him at times. Uh, so we'll end up seeing what it looks like. But Jack Flaherty's got a chance as well to make it happen. 
We got to the bottom of the comments. Appreciate y'all who were here. Like the stream before you head out. We're going to wrap this thing up right here, though. Uh, 90 minutes is really solid. If you missed anything, Spotify the next day. You can uh, follow B-Shape Daily on Spotify. It's been a lot of fun to be with you guys tonight. Thank you so much. If you want to super support me, patreon.com slash bshafer12. I'll have some bonus podcasts up there this week, I promise. Uh, I'll do a bonus pod for every new subscriber on Patreon this week. How about that? Um, it's just five bucks a month at a minimum. You can do more if you want to do more, but uh want to plug that every once in a while. Einstein, appreciate you for being here. Appreciate all y'all for being here. Uh, Going to wrap things up there. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace.